Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. It is my show, and I am just delighted to have you with me. The phone number, if you want to be on the program, 877-973-7425. I'm going to start this hour with phone calls. We had a lot of people who were holding, and I am totally open to your call stay. Now, I will, I, I look, this is not to shirk my responsibilities. I actually have stuff I want to talk about, but uh, I will also confess <laughs> uh, I got to bed about two o'clock this morning. Um, so I got a buddy of mine and I have known him for a very long time and we only see each other in person about once a decade. Uh, we, we chat back and forth all the time, um, uh, text messages and, and back and forth. He's a busy guy. I'm a busy guy, uh, but he's going through some stuff and um, he's headed to a, a um, widespread panic concert in Atlanta tonight, was coming down for that and some other stuff and wanted to know if I would hang out. And I said, sure. And we got together at 5.30 yesterday and at 2 o'clock this morning, figured it was probably time to go to bed. So uh, then I had to get up. I was in Atlanta, drive back to my house. Um, so I, I would rather hang out with you guys and take your calls, but I will get to the stuff I do want to talk about because I have stuff. But we'll be we'll be more generous with phone calls as well. I I, I had uh, a friend who needed to hang out more than I needed to do a bunch of show prep today. It was more important. So I'm going to go to your calls and I'm going to start with Mark. Welcome to the show, Mark. How are you? Hey, just fine. You doing okay? Doing well. My question: I'm a farmer up here in Northwest Georgia. Uh, and uh, around the Dairyville area, and I just want to know how, as as a country, we can be so stupid to sell our farmland to the Chinese. I mean, is somebody yep. getting paid? I don't understand why we, as a country, are that stupid. Why are we doing this? Well, you know, there are a couple of issues here for me. One is uh, the largest patch of farmland the Chinese are buying is actually near a military installation uh, in the upper Midwest. Uh, and the other issue here, Mark, is that it's a farmer, an American farmer who is selling the land, who thinks it's no big deal to sell to the Chinese. Uh, the other issue here is that it is a Chinese shell company that is run ultimately by the Chinese Communist Party, and the shell company says, "Well, well I mean, we're we're just we're we're not a we're not a Chinese company. We're a company that's owned by a Chinese company." It's like I I didn't realize Smithfield Farms that we buy a lot of bacon from is actually owned by a Chinese. It's a subsidiary of a Chinese company now. I think uh, that Congress is going to have to be involved in this. You know, back during the Cold War, Congress very aggressively monitored and, and stopped uh, Soviet efforts to buy land in the United States. We got to stop treating China as if it's just some sort of power rival. It's actually not. It's our enemy now. And we need to stop doing this. You're absolutely right. Uh, the Chinese buying up a bunch of farmland in the United States uh, is a geopolitical national security issue that we have got to deal with. 877-973-7425. Paul, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Afternoon to you, sir. Hello there. Um, I, I channel surf um, between you and on Sirius XM, and I was channel surfing, so... The latest thing floating around that I heard is either on MSNBC or CNN is the fact that the only reason that Donald Trump would have nuclear secrets is to sell them to our enemies. Oh, my gosh. So well, they, that's they just a poisoned attitude. Yeah. Uh, oh, look, I mean, these there really are a lot of broken people out there. 
and Trump broke a lot of people. And it goes back to, to uh, Edie who called in earlier. There were a lot of people who really disliked the fact that he won. They couldn't bring themselves to accept the fact that he beat their precious Hillary. They could not bring themselves to accept the fact that he in power could realign the national interest by force of will and ignore the experts. There are a lot of people who worship at the feet of the experts these days, and they, they got to do something to stop him. They know he could run again, and they want to do everything possible to stop Donald Trump from running for president again. Uh, that's what so much of this is about. Uh, John, you're going to be next on the show. Welcome. Uh, Eric, thank you so much for taking my call. Sure. Um, go back. Uh, you know, uh, a little statement here. I get a little uh, irritated because I listen to you for three hours, and it's marvelous, absolutely marvelous, but I can't get any of my projects done. <laughs> my, ear, my ear is glued to the radio. Well, Bless I appreciate it. Bless your heart. Listen, um, back to this uh warrant uh, that was sealed uh, for the invasion, I'll call it, on Mar-a-Lago, I think there has to be an affidavit filled out by an agent. Yes. Will we get to see what's in the affidavit and who signed off? Is this Uh, another... Well, eventually, so so keep in mind the, the way this works in, in the, the Federal Rules of Criminal Procedure, the affidavit is not allowed to be made public unless there is an indictment. Uh, and the reason you don't want an indictment or the reason you don't want the affidavit to made, be made public is that the FBI is supposed to allege a specific violation of a specific federal law and explain why it's a criminal violation and on what basis they have the knowledge that it's a criminal violation and what evidence they believe they will find if they search the facility. The reason you don't want that made public is because a lot of people will take an FBI agent statement like that and just assume it's true out of the gate. Um, And so federal law prohibits those in all cases from being made public until there's an indictment. And once there's an indictment and they actually charge someone with that crime, then you can see, oh, well, this is what they thought they had and what they've been looking for. So if you're if you don't get charged with a crime, you, you don't get this because they don't want it in public where people presume that you're guilty of something in this case. I think if the Trump team and they seem to not be objecting, if the Trump team is willing to allow them to reveal it, they should. And here's the thing. Uh, if it's just a nominal violation of the Presidential Records Act, something that a whole lot of people violate uh, and never get prosecuted, uh, then it totally undermines the FBI. And that, I think, is probably what the FBI is worried about. The FBI used this as a basis to go into Mar-a-Lago and search for other stuff. It is probably nominal. Keep in mind uh, that there are American CEOs who have violated the Presidential Records Act. They they got hold of classified information. They didn't realize it. They were in meetings with the government, 
and someone from the FBI showed up and said, we need to get our documents back from you. They don't raid. They don't go on these massive 30-person searches. They just don't do that. They did in this case. And the question is, why in this case do you do this? We know that the president's lawyers were cooperating with the Department of Justice. We know they had a point man in charge of, of communicating with the National Archives. So why do you do this right now? What is the FBI not telling us? That affidavit would tell us. But if there's no indictment, you and I aren't going to see it unless the Trump team itself demands its release. Zach, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric. Um, looking at this from 10,000 square feet and just a little bit of a theory, you've got Joe Biden that's tanking with every demographic across the country. Uh, and Donald Trump is the one key mobilizer for every Democrat. Um, I mean, was this provoked? I mean, they've gotten away with everything from sparing the man and his family. It just seems like this might have been provoked to get him into the race so they can now have a bad guy to run against. Uh, yeah, and if okay. He race, it might fracture DeSantis. I have heard two theories on this. One is uh, you're less than 100 days from the midterm, so get Trump front and center in people's minds. They may vote Democrat, but also, and we're seeing this happen, the number of people who have reached out to me in the last 48 hours and said, man, I was for DeSantis, but I got to back Trump now. Um, and and that may have something to do with it. The, the Democrats are trying to shape the 2024 Republican field. They think they can beat Donald Trump again. For certain, he's the only one they could beat. Uh, they couldn't beat any other Republican. They may not beat Trump, but he's the one that they could potentially beat, having beat him before. Um, and so they're trying to get him out there and build him some support to try to shape the Republican field, much like they've done in states around the country, uh, trying to get Republicans nominated, like the the um, John Gibbs in, in Michigan and, and Dave Mastriano in Pennsylvania. It's That's possible. I've heard those theories. There are some people. I know a lot of Republicans the last 48 hours who said I was ready to move on to DeSantis, but I got to have his back now. Um, it, they certainly have forced a political calculation. And that gets to George Will's column today, that if you just left Donald Trump alone, he would fade away. But the Democrats can't help themselves. They cannot help themselves. 877-973-7425. John, you're going to be up next. Welcome. Hey, Eric, how you doing? Great. What's going on? Have you ever noticed... That since Trump got beat by sleepy old Joe, he's been acting like a Democrat. By that I mean he's always a victim now. The election was stolen. Poor old Trump. Well, we know the election wasn't stolen. They claim I tried to steal the election, steal the election, overthrow it. Poor old me. When we know he did try to steal the election, January sixth. Poor old him. He didn't do anything, but we know he did. And so I wonder if he's playing the victim card again. And orchestrating what happened with with these documents, in essence, refused to turn them over and challenged FBI to come in and take them from him so he could once again play the victim, energize his base, and John get ready for the next election. John, are you trying to get me hate mail today on a Friday when I'm trying to unplug for the weekend? <laughs> So here's the thing. Uh, the number of people from Trump's team who said, and not that they didn't get the affidavit, but that they never got the warrant and receipt. It, it's kind of a big red flag for me. There's something else going on here, if I'm honest about it, because they had to have gotten the warrant. 
And for people out there who say, well, no, maybe the FBI is lying and didn't get it. Well, then the president's team is obligated to immediately go into court, quash the subpoena and retrieve the confiscated evidence, which they can do. And they did not do that. Um, and so, so if you take again, it, if you take it, yes, exactly. If you take it the next step and say, well, they didn't do it because they were afraid that the judges would be out to get them and wouldn't wouldn't give them fair hearing. Well, then how the hell are you going to beat Joe Biden in 2024? We're back to only Trump can have the election stolen from him. Yeah, look, I I, I see where, where you're going. And, and yeah, the the we never got the warrant. We never got the receipt. That's all. That's clearly a lie under the federal rules of criminal procedure, because had they not gotten it, they could have quashed everything and retrieved the documents immediately, which they didn't do. So they clearly got it. But Trump is a master of this. This Your point that you're making, and I'm trying not to get myself a lot of hate mail, which isn't going to happen now. Thanks to you, John. I'm going to get a lot of it. <laughs> but to, this goes to George Will's point that if you just leave the guy alone, you're going to see him fade away. But they can't help themselves. The Democrats can't help themselves. Uh, and Trump, being the, the 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 guy from The Apprentice, knows how to turn this on a dime, say he's the victim of overreach by the Democrats. And a lot of Republicans are like, yes, yes, you are, King. We have your back. It's whether you like it or not, it's actually really brilliant politics. Normally, it's the Democrats who play perpetual victims of those mean, nasty Republicans. And along comes Trump, and he takes the Democrats game and he plays it and he plays it even better than the Democrats do. The number of people who in the last 48 hours went from I'm all in for Ron DeSantis to, and now I got to have the man's back. Screw Joe Biden. I, I got to back Donald Trump. Now he suddenly made himself relevant again. He has suddenly like exceeded uh, where he was in the standing of the Republican party. Again, I, I've said all along Donald Trump in, in the, in 2020, into 2020, December 2020, after he's lost the election, headed into no, in January 2021, he's at like 90% of Republicans want to see him elected again. By June, it was like 70%. By the beginning of 2022, it was down to 60%. By July, it was 50%. Now it's back up to about 70%. Merrick Garland and Joe Biden have assured Donald Trump the Republican nomination in 2024 if he wants it. That's actually the reality of what happened. And by the way, they didn't find the documents and evidence they wanted to try to stop him from running again. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425. If you'd like to be on the program, when we come back, I got a phone call I want to take. And then I need you to be with me at the bottom of the hour. No, it's not an interview. I want to talk to you. Uh, and really explain to you the lay of the land, what's happening in the country right now, uh, in a way that may be different from which you hear on other talk radio programs. Trust me, I need you to hear this. And I could be wrong, and I'm willing to entertain your calls, but I need you to hear me uh, when we come back. Uh, I spent a lot of time driving home today thinking about this topic, and I want to get to it. But first, I want to get to Ted. Ted, welcome to the Eric Erickson Show. How are you? All right, Eric. Uh, I just wanted to tell you prayers to you and yours. Thank you. And my theory, you were talking about the theory of, uh, you know, they're trying to prod Trump into uh, running in 24. I think they're trying to get him to announce before the midterms to help the Democrats. 
Look, the Democrats have been trying to do this, and, and this could have something to do with it. I, I don't believe Merrick Garland didn't consider the political ramifications of this in any way, shape, or form. And if he didn't, he was a true idiot, um, it, which which wouldn't surprise me as well. Uh, smart people can also be idiots, Ted. And yeah, I, I actually think the Democrats have wanted Donald Trump to run for president. They wanted him there. They thought it was a way to galvanize their base to maximize their their turnout, to do everything possible. And they're now coming as well for the Republican Party members. This is Steny Hoyer, the number two in the Senate. Listen to this. The Republicans fell all over themselves to demand accountability of Hillary Clinton. They By the are- way, I got to pause. Uh, it's Steny Hoyer. I, I'm thinking Dick Durbin. This is Steny Hoyer. He's the number two in the House. Now saying, in effect, this president should not be accountable. Their remarks are dangerous, despicable, uh, and disappointing. Uh, The fact of the matter is, in America, no one is above the law. No one. Okay. Can we all agree no one in America is above the law except Hunter Biden and Hillary Clinton? But other, other than them, no one is above the law. Except Peter Strzok and Lisa Page and, and Andrew McKay. But other than all of them, no one is above the law in this country. Just because someone is not above the law does not mean uh, that you must pursue them in a particular way. There is discretion. This gets back, again, this is why the George Will column is so masterful. If you subscribe to my daily stack of stuff that comes out when the show starts, you really should just read, mark, inwardly digest, uh, scripturally almost, George Will's column today because it's so on point. Do you say justice must be done even if in doing justice the heavens fall? Do you do justice in this in a way that provokes deep national unrest? Do you do that? Really? Do you? Is it all about it? Can, can you not nuance? Can you not say, yes, this is bad, but we should do it in a different way? Or, or it's bad, but we should not do this at all. No one's above the law, but this is neither the time nor the place to act in this way. There is a level of discretion and a level of, of, um, being unwilling to do things that has to be taken into account of in government. There just has to be some things the government should not do, even though the government can do them. And the fact that they can't figure this out is generally just, just bizarre. I mean, again, to George Will, uh, they they involve exercising discretion about when to yield government power. And for what end? The best quality of politics at its best is prudence, adjusting tidy principles to untidy realities. Yes, you got to do that. And they didn't do that. And I suspect they didn't do it for political expediency to help themselves in the midterms. We'll be back. Hello there. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 877-973-7425 if you would like to be on the program. I am very happy to have you. It is a free-for-all today. You can call in about other stuff. But for now, I want you to wait because I want to talk for a little bit here instead of just taking people's phone calls. Um, I, I, I got, I've been thinking about this for a while and it has come home further and further and I, I think I'm onto something. 
you know, I at one point pitched doing a cooking show. I would still one day like to do a cooking show. I would. And the idea of the show was called Not Everything's Political. I've also done this as a podcast in the past where not everything is political. And the issue would be I would cook with someone I vehemently disagree with politically. And we would try to find common ground. We may not get along. We may not see eye to eye. But the idea is, is if we're supposed to get to know our neighbor, then in knowing our neighbor, we should be able to find common ground in some capacity with our neighbor, even if we disagree in politics. Not everything's political. But I also do think increasingly a lot of things that shouldn't be political have become politicized. And politics for a lot of people is becoming a religion. And I was struck this morning, I I was driving home and uh, before I left my hotel to, to try to get home in time for the show, I saw someone, they put up that sign, you know, the sign, uh, the signs are in, in white people's yards, inevitably, almost to the exclusion of all other races. They're in white people's yards. And they say things like in this house, we believe black lives matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. You could actually buy these signs on Amazon.com for about 14 bucks. In this house, we believe black lives matter. Women's rights are human rights. No human is illegal. Science is real. Love is love. Kindness is everything. This is a creedal statement. What, what characterizes a religion? There are a lot of places you can go online. You can say, what exactly is a religion? What defines a religion? There are lots of places. Uh, a, a social science textbook says elements of a religion are there gods and forces in the public square. There are sacred symbols defining or redefining what is real. There are sacred stories connecting the past, the present, and the future. There's a community worshiping and acting together. Uh, there's a, a deeper one, though, um, and let me give that to you. A What is a religion? What's the definition of a religion? Some are too narrow and exclude belief systems. Some are too vague. What is a, what is a religion? Uh, there's a belief in supernatural beings. There are divisions between the sacred and profane for objects, places, and times. There are ritual acts focused on those sacred objects, places, and times. There are moral codes with supernatural origins. There are religious feelings that are derived from worship, from prayer and other forms of communication that must be engaged in. There's a worldview and organization of one's life based on that worldview, a social group that binds people together based on that. 
And I don't necessarily know per se that uh, it's supernatural so much as pseudoscience. Clearly, in, in mainline, uh, mainstream religions, there's supernatural. There is God. There is Jesus. There is uh, Vishnu. There is Moloch. There's Buddha. Allah. There are their emissaries. But are we not also dealing with religion in the world when it comes to the environment? When it comes to left-wing orthodoxy? So follow along with me here, and this is really important. Everyone worships something. Everyone worships something. I don't care who you are. And if you're listening right now and say, I'm an atheist and I worship nothing, you probably worship yourself. What do you spend your money on? If you spend all of your money on yourself and taking care of yourself, that's probably what you're worshiping. If you spend all your money on guns and ammo, that's probably your idol. If you spend all of your money propping up a political cause or an environmental cause, if all your time goes towards that, it's probably what you're worshiping. John Calvin said that our hearts are perpetual factories of idols. All of us have idols, myself included. I've been thinking about this because of what's going on in Europe right now and what's happening here slowly but surely in this country. The Democrats in Washington passed a piece of legislation. They called it the Inflation Reduction Act, and every news outlet in America has now referred to it as their climate legislation. Not legislation to reduce inflation. It's legislation to heal the planet. And it won't actually heal the planet, but they believe that it will. It is their intention that is pure, their intent. We're dealing with people who have bought into not just a politicalization of things, but a religiosity of things. In Europe, there's a Google search. It leads all other Google searches. Do you know what the leading Google search in Germany is right now for things? Wood. Germans are furiously searching for sources of wood to keep themselves warm this winter because they're not going to have gas. The Germans decided that they had to give up fossil fuels. They relied on Russia. They took off their nuclear power plants because those were bad, you know. Now they can't keep the lights running. They can't keep the heat on. They can't keep air conditioners going in the summer. They decided they needed to stop transporting coal and other items, steel and the like, on roads and in trains because of fossil fuels. So they put them on barges on the Rhine and the Danube, but there's been a drought in Europe and so river levels are so low, they can't transport these materials. So they can't get coal in the places that are still using coal-powered plants to those plants because the river is so low and they won't put them on trucks because the trucks will burn fossil fuels. In the Netherlands, 
they have decided to sabotage their own economy in the name of saving the planet. So one-fifth of farms will be shut down. One-third of farms will have to uh, cull their herds because cows, pigs, and the like are methane producers. So they have to reduce their sizes, and, and they've got to reduce their, their herds. Uh, they will not starve. The Dutch will not starve. But others who have relied on their um, beef and pork and chicken, they will starve. They will exacerbate world hunger in the name of saving the planet. The Dutch have also scaled back the number of flights that allowed to land and take off from Schiphol Airport, uh, which is having a direct economic impact on that area of the Netherlands. They don't care. It's all in the name of saving the climate. The Spanish are now raising thermostats to 80 degrees in the summer and no higher than 65 in the winter time. And you will be punished by the state if you do otherwise. The British are preparing for blackouts. The British expect that during the height of winter in January, there will be five days without power. We're seeing this around the world, and it is to serve their new God. There is a new religion, and it is called the environment, and it's a very old religion. See, what happens when Christendom leaks out of the world when the world passes it by, is new religions don't crop up. Old religions come back. The old pagan religions that once Christianity replaced, they come back. So the supernatural comes back in different forms. The rise of people consulting their horoscopes has come back. The rise of crystal shops around the world has come back. The number of people who claim to believe in science, who put the signs in their yards that say science is real, and yet they consult their astrologer and buy their magic crystals is on the rise. I know people like this. I know people. They believe in science, and yet they don't. They believe in scientism. Science has become their God, and it's a very supernatural God in itself. It's, this science has the ability to convert a boy to a girl overnight. All you got to do is have the, the life-changing surgeries that are irreversible, and hey, it happens. I mean, the science says, after all, or the gods of science say. You see it in the worship of abortion around the world and, and the devastation. The Supreme Court decision did not actually end abortion in America. All it did is say the states could decide. You would believe that they had murdered their God and they were waiting for their God's resurrection. The way the Supreme Court handled it, the high priests of the left went nuts. And what happened to the left? They weren't giving money to churches. They weren't tithing to churches. They began tithing again to Planned Parenthood. It is a religion. And the problem is that what happens with religions? Religions don't like competition. Now, the Christian religion says that uh, you convert and what happens between you and God, it doesn't affect other people. You will eventually impact other people because you will love your neighbor. Christianity is the only religion with the concept of grace. You see this in the rise of, of uh, self-identified Christians in the South who don't actually go to church, don't actually believe what the Bible says. Uh, they don't want to apply it to themselves. They have no grace. Christi authentic Christianity has grace. These other religions don't. All of these other religions, their eschatology is that no matter what you do to make yourself right with your God, you're still going to die as long as the hicks and rubes are out there not following what you say, particularly the environmentalist religion. The environmentalist religion, you can put up a windmill and a solar panel and buy a battery car and a bike, and as long as you're doing everything possible to save the planet, you're still screwed as long as the mouth breather next door has a bunch of kids and drives an SUV that takes gas. 
because there's no grace. The eschatologies are always damnation. And this is where we are in our society. And by the way, this affects the right too. This affects the right. Don't think it doesn't affect political conservatives. There are a lot of political conservatives who are abandoning authentic Christianity for Christianism, something that looks and sounds like Christianity with the rhetoric of Christianity, but has no idea, no concept of loving your neighbor or grace. It is a cultural Christianity where culture should look like Christianity, but we really don't want Christianity. People are believing these things. It's affecting our politics. It's affecting our judgment. It's affecting our decision-making. It is particularly dominant right now on the left. They have left the real church for one of their own creation. They have stopped worshiping the real God for the creation that that God made. And we see this in Europe. And here's part of it. What comes with religion, sacrifice, and persecution? With Christianity, it comes with your own sacrifices and you will be persecuted. And this is the worst place you will ever live and eternity will be better than what you have now. With all the other religions, it's other people must sacrifice and you must persecute them. Whether it was the Muslim horde across North Africa forcibly converting the Christians or whether it's the environmentalists in North America and Europe forcing you to turn off your power and starve and be cold in the wintertime, you will suffer for their God. You will be made to pay for their God. And if you do not submit to their God, you will be persecuted and punished. We have a new inquisition afoot from these people, and you see it everywhere you look. Whether it's the mainlining and, and punishment on Twitter, if you don't buy into transgenderism, an aspect of this environmentalist religion, it all derives from the environmentalist religion, this worship of the earth. And it's going to get worse. It's not going to get better. As people leave Christianity, and Christianity leaves this nation, New religions don't crop up. The very old ones do. And we know what happens with those old religions. Those old religions were a bunch of people who sacrificed others to their gods. And we're seeing it play out in real time with Planned Parenthood and everything else. And we're going to see the environmentalists who lead this new religion become some of the most violent in the religion. After all, they are the high priests and they do not want to make their goddess Greta Thunberg scowl at them. Happy thoughts, no less. I will build back up and I'll take your phone calls as well. 877-973-7425. Before we get there, the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. I've been telling you guys about the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. <laughs> okay. So I got to tell on myself. So I stayed up until about two o'clock this morning and had a couple of cigars, a few glasses of bourbon, hanging out with a friend. He needed to hang out. He needed to, to vent. And well, I was a little bit worried about the cigar smoke. So I used it in my hotel room and y'all... Perfect. The Eden Pure Thunderstorm did not smoke in this room, but I I smelled like a, I smelled like an ashtray by the time I got to my hotel room. Not after the Eden Pure Thunderstorm. It took care. Of, it really does work. It wipes out odors, eliminates odors. It's not a diffuser. It's not a a multi level marketing scheme. It's not um, essential oils. It actually is a device you plug into your wall and it wipes out the odors. You can get three of them for less than two hundred dollars. You can put it in your car. It wipes out odors, pet odors, smoke odors, mildew, musty odors. It also is an air purifier, so it gets rid of the dust of the ball and all that. I use it to eliminate odors. You 
you can too. You can get three of them for less than $200 by going to EdenPureDeals.com, EdenPureDeals.com. You'll be greeted by a discount code, uh, ask, and you put in Eric3, E-R-I-C-K-3. You get three of them for less than $200. You get free shipping. You're saving $200. It's EdenPureDeals.com, the discount code, Eric3. Hello, welcome back. This hour of the program brought to you by First Liberty Building and Loan. If you need a loan for your business, $750,000 or more, reach out to them, firstlibertyga.com. Let me go real quick to Rick. Rick, welcome to the program. Got about a minute and a half here. Hey, Eric, uh, listening to your last segment there, uh, I couldn't help but think about the book of Romans, uh, chapter 1, starting in verse 21. uh, That just uh, is up to date as it could ever be in the society we're living in. And uh, I'll leave it at that. Look, uh, I appreciate that very much. And and for those of you who do not understand the reference here, uh, it is this, uh, for the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth for what can be known about God is plain to them because God has shown it to them. For his invisible attributes, namely his eternal power and divine nature, have been clearly perceived ever since the creation of the world in the things that have been made, so they are without excuse. For although they knew God, they did not honor him as God or give thanks to him, but they became futile in their thinking, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Claiming to be wise, they became fools and exchanged the glory of the immortal God for images resembling mortal men and birds and animals and creeping things. Therefore, God gave them up in their lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves, because they exchanged the truth about God for a lie and worship and served the creature rather than the creator who is blessed forever. Amen exactly right that's exactly what's going on all right uh, more news and your calls when we come back 877-973-7425 is the phone number uh happy to take your phone calls uh it's a free-for-all today so whatever you want to talk about but we got more news we got to get back into the rest of this the political outcomes here and also some of the polling revisions that are out there uh democrats are starting to realize that in fact The House of Representatives cannot be held. I'll explain why when we come back.